And now, from the Room 111 Studios, it's Hacking Engagement with James Sterneman. Well, hey there, listener, and welcome back to the Hacking Engagement Podcast. And your humble narrator is feeling no pain today, baby, because tomorrow starts my spring break. I love spring break. I take a little different attitude towards spring break than a lot of my comrades. I don't go anywhere on spring break. I mean, I just feel like I push really hard to get to this point in the year. I don't want to be in a rush to go somewhere, to be in a rush to get back to start the fourth nine weeks. So what I'm going to do (laughs) next week is I'm going to spend the week in scenic central Ohio. (laughs) We're probably about 40 degrees and cloudy, but man, I'm just going to chill out. And my wife and I kind of came to this conclusion over many years of experimenting with going on vacation and not going on vacation. I'm just going to chill out next week. I'm just going to recuperate next week. And the reason I'm bringing this up is because next week there will not be an episode of the Hacking Engagement Podcast. I'll come back on March 30th with my guns blazing, so to speak. But next week, uh, I'm going to not be a teacher. I'm not going to be anything besides a a dude and, and, and a husband and a father and a person that needs to get some things done around the house. <laughs> okay, enough of my uh, situation. Now, let me tell you about today's episode because, man, I'm on fire about this. I, I am so excited about this. It's about student incentives. And that can be a controversial topic. People get wound up over this. Be real here. <laughs> One thing that we learned from communism, that incentives lead to productivity. So here's what capitalism gets wrong about human nature. There's this old capitalist cliche that competition brings out the best in people. Well, I don't know that that's true at all. I I think that competition is motivational for many. But, man, I've seen competition bring out the worst in people. I mean, I've been to youth sporting events and seen parental behavior. I know what I behaved like at my kids' youth sporting events. So sometimes competition can bring out the worst in human nature. There are some students who totally close down in competition. They don't like it. They're, they're uncomfortable with it. They don't want to participate in it. So we need to be careful with competition. But we can't deny the fact that for most people, competition is motivational. So what I'm going to do in this episode is I'm going to talk about some really (laughs) low-risk, fun, interesting, creative, original ways to motivate your students with incentives that I think that they will find a lot of fun. So, uh, hey, couldn't we all use a little bit more motivation this time of year, man? I think you're going to love this episode. Buckle up. Hey there, listener. Please check out my book, Hacking Engagement, 50 Tips and Tools to Engage Teachers and Learners Daily. It's available on Amazon as of the late summer of 2016. And also check out hacklearning.org for a cornucopia of teacher empowerment resources. If you enjoy the Hacking Engagement podcast, do us a solid. Subscribe, rate, and review us on iTunes. Okay, let's get back to the solutions part of the Hacking Engagement Podcast. 
So we're talking about incentives, student incentives. If kids are motivated, they're going to be engaged. That's a given. So when I get involved in incentivizing my students, I'm thinking about two groups of students. Number one, I'm thinking about the kids who don't participate enough. They're quiet, they're wallflowers, or they're reluctant, or they're negative. I want to try to pull those kids in with my incentives, motivate them to become active members of the class. And number two, I have another group of kids that are already participating. I want to up their game even more. I don't want to dissuade them. So I want them to up their game, and I want the kids that aren't participating enough to uh, join the club, so to speak. So those are my two target audiences. And when it comes to incentives, look, I get it how some teachers are very reluctant to use any type of academic incentive. So the bonus point, I get that. The first two examples I'm going to give you, though, are academic in nature. But I'll get to some non-academic ones in a few minutes. If you're not down with using academic incentives, that's cool. Just bear with me for a minute or two. The first one is obviously a bonus point. I think it's it's fine to give a kid a bonus point when they do something awesome in class. And this could be making a great point during a class discussion, bringing up a new perspective, answering a really tough question in a thorough fashion. So I'm going to reward those kids that have the chutzpah to put their hand up and put themselves out there. So when I give a plus one, however, and if you've read my book, Hacking Engagement, you see images of this in the book on Hack 45. If you don't have my book, I'll put some images on my show notes. When I give a plus one, I do it with some style. <laughs> I hold up my left index finger like the number one, put my right index finger across my left index finger to make a plus sign, and with a sweeping arm gesture, I point out with my right finger at the student who earned the reward. <laughs> I think my students enjoy seeing this rather dramatic performance as much as they like getting the plus ones. My other academic incentive is I'll get them out of work in the future. In other words, if they do something awesome in class that's, that's reward worthy, I'll tell them, hey, look, man, I'll give you a question off the next assignment or maybe even a question off the next test. Now, I don't know if either of these incentives is what's encouraging students to participate, or if kids just really like being praised in front of their peers. I think that that's powerful as well. So when Mr. Sturdivant does his big sweeping arm motion and points at you and gives you a plus one, that's pretty cool. Or if Mr. Sturdivant says, man, that's brilliant, question off the next assignment. I don't know if, if the praise is what's motivating them or the actual reward is what's motivating them. All I know is the participation level goes up. So if your class is like mine, and I'll, I'll wager that it is, I don't instruct for 50 minutes each period. There's a period of instruction, and then there's a period of application where students are working in small groups or working quietly on an activity. Here's something else you need to know about me. I don't give students restroom passes. I just think it's really disruptive. And so I always tell them, hey, make sure you go to restroom before class starts. Uh, don't hit me up for a restroom pass during class unless it's an emergency. And they generally don't ask. But one of the things I like to reward my students with is a restroom pass. That can be used during non-instruction times in the uh, period. This is very popular to earn a pate pass from Mr. Sturdivant. Another really harmless <laughs> reward for students that can incentivize them is to give them a food pass. Kids love to eat 
Everyone likes to eat. I try to keep my kids from eating in class because it makes a mess with the custodian. But sometimes they do something amazing in class and I want to reward them. So I will give them a meal card in which they can bring in a snack and they can chomp on it during non-instructional time. They can't make a mess. If they make a mess, we end the program. Uh, but generally has a bit of problem. And students like this, particularly before lunch when they're getting hungry. I reward students by allowing them to be teacher's pet for the day. <laughs> which some people might say, I don't want that. Well, in my case, it's cool to be the teacher's pet because you get to run errands for Mr. Sturdivant. If I run out of water, you can go to the water fountain and fill up my water bottle. If I need the recycling done, you get to walk outside and do that. If I need something from my office mailbox, guess who gets to do it? So that is the teacher's pet for the day. And then finally, there's the last incentive, the last reward that I really want to focus on. And that is something called the Verbal Praise Coupon. <laughs> now, not only is this one fun, but it's also ultra-engaging and facilitates amazing relationships between you and your students. On my show notes, you'll see an image of Mr. Sturdivant's Verbal Praise Coupon. When some kid does something awesome, I will sometimes walk over and lay a Verbal Praise Coupon on their desk. Someday in the future, I ha they have to give me 24 hours so I can think about a great praise to give them. But sometime when you need it, sometime when you've had a bad day, you can drop the verbal praise coupon on Mr. Sturdivant's desk and then in, in front of their peers, I will walk over and say, so-and-so, your smile is one of the prettiest smiles in the building. Or so-and-so, I can't believe how tall you're getting. You're going to be a really tall young man someday. Or so-and-so, the work you did on the last assignment was awesome. Or so-and-so, your sense of humor is infectious. It's creative. I love it. Or so-and-so, you have the nicest complexion of anybody I've ever seen. Or so-and-so, I would absolutely kill for a head of hair like yours. <laughs> now, what I've found is that students really enjoy doing this. They enjoy hearing about what type of compliment their peers are going to get. So verbal praise coupons. Man, I can't emphasize them enough. So let's check out this list I gave you. Bonus point, question off a future assignment, restroom pass, food pass, teacher's pet for the day, <laughs> or a verbal praise coupon. You might also have a whole list there and say, hey, which one do you want? But hopefully I gave you some ideas on ways you can incentivize your students starting tomorrow. Hey, so here we are in the What You Can Do Tomorrow section. I'll take it if you've made it this far in the program, you're not opposed to throwing some incentives on your students tomorrow. The first thing you have to decide is, who are the targets of your incentives? Are there students who are really engaged and participatory and you want to enhance that? Are there kids that are a little standoffish that you want to pull into the discussion or pull into participation? Or maybe it's a combination, like it is with me. Next, you want to decide what type of incentives you want to offer. Do you want to offer ones that are academic in nature, or do you want to offer ones that are purely social? <laughs> I like to give a, uh, a mixture of the two. The last thing you want to decide is how you're going to deliver these. Free food cards, or free restroom cards, or passes, or tickets. Just make sure they're non-transferable. Perhaps a free homework pass. <laughs> hey, I'll tell you one thing, man. Incentives motivate people. I think one thing that communism unintentionally taught us is that incentives are incredibly motivational. 
So why not go with a little human nature in class tomorrow and, and incentivize your students and hopefully get a little more participation and a lot more engagement. Good luck tomorrow engaging your students. Show notes for this episode can be found at jamesallensternament.com. If you enjoy hacking engagement, please subscribe, rate, and review us on iTunes.